We're not live yet, though, right? Oh, we're live. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> What's up, guys? <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to another great episode of Anime on the Clock. The night is young. Everyone is ready for some good old-fashioned live anime podcasting. My name is Kivo, and my co-host Akira has just come back from a long stay in the hospital. Um, yeah, I hope you guys missed me, because I fucking didn't miss any of you fuckers. <laughs> All right, well, I guess without further ado, uh, let's clock in. So, speaking of the hospital, uh, breaking news. Yamakan was actually found dead um, near his Tokyo apartment early this morning. And, um, you know, it's... Um, it's a shame, really. They said that the last thing they saw him was uh, he was dancing around after getting a little too drunk, and now this morning he's dead, um, which is you know too bad because, in my opinion, he's one of those guys who's really changed the anime industry for the better. Absolutely. What do you think? Absolutely. Um, Yamakan is um, a director that's basically right up there with uh, Hiao Miyazaki or you know Makoto Shinkai or Go Nagai you know these these great names in um in anime history uh i'm i'm having trouble like kind of keeping my emotions in check ever since i heard the news earlier today um yeah i mean just fractal that that anime not only changed what anime kind of is but but it it changed all our lives and it touched us it, deeply it truly showed us what what a world without conflict without problems you know right he just had such a utopian vision right um for anime that no one else really had no one else believed in anime as a as a force for social change and i think that's that's really why he's um so special yeah yeah and um the thing with um that the moment i saw fractal i knew it was like noitamina is is a great idea and and that really just set the bar that lesser shows like you know steins gate or you know, the, and Sakamichi Opala just really you know didn't even have a chance. It, it it just shone so brightly. But you know, I think it's really indicative of the man, the kind of man that he is. That he went out dancing. Um, because if you remember correctly, one of the most beautiful things about Yamakana's anime were um, the dances. Right. And no one else has that sense of choreography that he does. Right, no right, right. I no mean, one. Lucky Star was was a musical and dance um, just masterpiece. You know, like those, those. I think Lucky Star, like we can say, is just like the best dancing anime ever, right? I mean... I mean, I would... I, I don't know. I think the, the dance in Haruhi has... Um, certainly has... Um, it's merits. It's right, merits. Right. And then, and then recently, you know, he'll, he'll always be known for his last project, which just finished a few days before his death. And that was Senyu from last season. That's, that was the show that everyone was really talking about. You know, that, that yeah, kind of stole yeah, the show you know, last season. It, it totally just blew every other show out of the water. You uh, know, uh, it really made me sort of wonder why it wasn't on the, um, the anime power rankings more often, actually, right, since right. it was such an amazing show and everyone was talking about it. Why do you think that is? Do you think there's a general fear of I, I think, admitting Yamakan's brilliance? I, I think what it is, it's, it's um, JC Staff and Kyoto Animation kind of buying out the liberal media uh, that is the, the body of anime bloggers. Because behind the scenes, and when people were talking to me, they were, they were saying how Senyu was just a masterpiece. But there was so, pr- there was so much pressure to kind of blackball it, you know, um, for, yeah. for, the, for your typical choices of, you know, JoJo's or Girls on the Pounds. Or, but really, right. 
in our hearts and in our minds, we know that Senyu was by far the best show last season. I mean, I, I've always said that Senyu was the best show. Right. Uh, except you couldn't really hear me in the last month because I was, you know, almost dead. And, and, um, and, and who do you think caused that? J.C. Staff. I... God, don't turn JC Staff on me because I love JC Staff. Um, as weird as that sounds, maybe that's the maybe that's the Stockholm syndrome speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, seriously, I think that um, Yamakon is going to have a very complex legacy. In fact, right. right. I don't think it's going to be as simple as we all acknowledge him as a genius that he is now that he's gone. I don't think it's this is not a Steve Jobs situation. Right. You know? Right. I mean, I definitely think. Kyoto Animation is going to blackball him. You know, definitely, he, he, he was always known as, as the rebel in the anime um, industry. You know, he, he was always so original and so creative, and that definitely ruffles some feathers with the bigwigs over, that, over at Kyoto Annie. Yeah, and, you know, we're going to talk about this later, too, but um, the last project that he was working on, the police found them in his apartment, is, um, is Kanagi Season 2, actually. Right, right. And, and that was about to be greenlit, and um, now maybe we'll never see it. We, we probably won't. It'll be like, like Gun Battle, it'll be like one of those anime that are just lost lost in time, you know? But do you think Yamakon will be lost in time? Well, do you think we'll forget about him in a few years? Well, his body may, may be six feet underground, but, but his shows are always on our external hard drives, and his memories will always be in our hearts. True. Da, da, da. True. Couldn't have said it better. Kivo and I are actually both devastated right now I, by the loss of this great man. I, Keep in mind, today it's it's a big day. This is the day that people are going to remember. Today it's a very emotional time for me right now. So so I'm 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 barely hanging in there. So so let's go ahead and move on uh, to a special announcement. Some good news that we do have. Some good news. Um. So, sorry, I'm still reeling from the shock a little, but this is really good news that Strike Witches is going to have a season three. And what's this season going to be about? It's uh, going to be about the Africa Corps. So, actually, none of the characters are returning, uh, except for Hana, who you see right there, who's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be really exciting, because it's going to focus on new character dynamics, you know. We're going to have an all-new story. There's going to be a lot more Italians involved, uh, a lot less Americans. Thank God. Because, uh, because the one thing I hated about Strike Witches was the cast. I mean, really? all the girls were just, you know, I, I'm glad that they're moving on and introducing the Africa Corps, because everyone in the Africa Corps is just better, you know? Yeah, uh, totally, you know? Um, and the thing is about the 501 is they're so overdone by this point. Like, we already know everything that we need to know about the 501, mm-hmm. since we've seen them so often, mm-hmm. but we don't know anything about these new characters, and I'm actually, this is a great idea, like... Because, you know, we could have just had the same story over and over again. And, yeah, Strike Witches Season 2 is better than Strike Witches Season 1. But at the same time, like, I feel like that story was done by the time that we finished it. Right, right. Because with Strike Witches, to me, the, the biggest strength that Strike Witches have was, was its story. It was so cerebral. Um, it's, a, it's definitely one of those plot-driven anime. So yeah. if, if with introducing new characters and introducing a whole new plot, that kind of breathes fresh air into the franchise. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, and um, I heard the Africa Corps has a very different policy on wearing pants than the 501 does, um, so I'm also excited to see what direction they take that in, especially since there's this huge rivalry between Vivid Red and Girls in Panzer, and it's really great to see Strike Witch is just like, stri- like stepping up its game and like 
you know, coming coming back and like asserting who's boss in well, this whole. Well, I like, think because of the amount of sand in in like North Africa, I think that pants you would have to wear pants. So because of the you know the sand and and what it does to your skin. So I think in Strike Witches Three, we're definitely going to have something very very unique, and that's the Strike Witches wearing pants. Um, not just pants, like full on like combat suit pants. Oh, that'd be great. Things. I mean, that's going to be awesome, because that's exactly what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And hopefully in Strike Witches 4, it'll take place in the Middle East. And let's not, wait, let's not, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Remember how long it took to get Strike Witches 2 greenlit? <laughs> let's, right. let's not, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Anyways, moving on. Um, so, if you guys remember my last show about a month ago, I talked about how IMAS was a global media franchise worth a couple hundred million dollars. Um, and so, in fact, to capitalize on this media franchise, the guys at Bandai Namco have decided to uh, reach across the aisle and start appealing more broadly to females. I, I think this is a great idea. I love, I really, really love Jupiter. Um, they're, they really kind of made the show, you know? And I definitely think that just by putting some dudes in anime, that the female population would just immediately gravitate towards Idolmaster. Because... Yeah. And, I, like... And, like, the thing is, like, it's not even as if there's no um, tradition of mm-hmm. male of men in, like, the idol industry. This is not, like, an otaku situation where, like, women are just getting into that scene. Like, no, there have been boy bands around forever. Like, arguably, boy bands came first. Right. Right? So, like, it's really cool to see these guys really capitalizing on, um, on this market and selling more goods to more people. And maybe this way, you know, we'll have even more people on the Idol Master bandwagon. Exactly, exactly. And I, I think they can go a lot of ways with it, you know? It can it can kind of be based off, you know, like One Direction or just all these popular bands that are out there right now. I think it's just a really great idea with all these but you think, females. But, you know, one of the one of the funny things about Idolmaster is that they don't like to base themselves on real bands. Well, and I think that's really cool because, like, if you look at One Direction or if you look at, you know, if you go older, like NSYNC or, like, Backstreet Boys or, like, any of these guys, like, they're all very, very similar. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And even Jupiter was a little similar, but you can tell that, you know, they were still in the planning stage of the idea when they came up with Jupiter. Um, so I'm really excited to see what kind of male, fresh male idols they're going to come up with. Maybe there's going to be a poor guy. Maybe there's going to be, you know, a rich guy. A, a Tsundere guy. Can men even beat Tsundere? I, you know what? L- show us, A1 Pictures. Show us. Yeah, show us, Bandai Namco. Show us. Yeah. We're definitely waiting for it. I mean, these guys it- invented Pac-Man. Pretty sure that they can invent that someday. Yeah, I agree. Anyways, we're looking very much, you know, forward to 801 Pro and what they do. Oh, so looking forward to it. All right, our next segment is Win Pass Fail, and we'll have a minute for each topic. We've been through this all before. So, um, Akira, why don't you start us off with our first topic? Gonzo has announced its return to the anime industry. Yeah, so Gonzo's been through quite a bit of problems, and uh, they've sort of scaled down, and they've been sort of, um, you know, restructuring a little. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And um, they, um, there, there's been a problem is that they, uh, you know, they, they can't seem to get a, the, enough funding or, you know, the shows that they make aren't popular enough. Sure. But um, we all know that Gonzo's made a bunch of really great shows in the past. Shows like uh, Rosario and Vampire, Rosario and Vampire 2, uh, Kurogane no Line Barrels, oh. Tower of Braga. Aegis um, of Rook and Shield of Rook. And, and, right, and like afro samurai like who could forget right right right. so it's really great that these guys are coming back um and in fact i'm i have this feeling that um you know when they announced strike which is season three they didn't say who was going to do it so i have a big feeling it's gonna go back to gonzo right and i definitely think just from a uh an 
economic point of view and an industry point of view, uh, it was really neat for Gonzo to kind of like uh, fire all of its native uh, product uh, artists and writers, yeah. and, and instead, yeah. you know, hire the Koreans and Vietnamese. Hi, uh, yeah, yeah, outsource it's, it's it to North Korea model. and Vietnam. Yeah, exactly. it's a great business model, and I think it's going to catch on. So yeah. I give this a win. Right. Good um, for you. So good for you. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess moving on, um, we have our first instance now of a woman marrying a Dakimakura in Japan. Um, this is going to get a win for me because I've always been a champion of marriage white, marriage rights, uh, men marrying men, women marrying women, uh, men marrying 3D objects. And now and now the barrier has finally been crossed with women marrying 3D objects. Well, what, what do you think uh, about this, Akira? Oh, man. You know, I'm always, you know, marriage equality has been in my mind recently because uh-huh. of all... The things what's going on. I'm from right. California, so there's a lot of that there t- as well. Um, I think this is great. This is just great because um, I mean, look only... at this picture. Look, all you see is just great things. Right, but there's a big problem. Is there's only men, mm-hmm. and um, we don't like that. We, we I don't want know, to... if you look really closely in the background, you know, maybe it's just a very bad looking woman. I, I don't. I don't think so. But um, <laughs> but I I think that this is definitely a win because you know. This is moving us towards a more and more progressive society. Absolutely. I, I absolutely agree. It's a win for me, too. Moving on. Uh, Kanagi announced another hiatus um, because the author was found to not be a virgin. Um, this is taking – this is a fail for me, one, because I love Kanagi, and two, because sure. they're just taking this virgin thing way too far at this point. Right, right. And, and I think how- – I have a question for you, Korea. How much of this do you think is influenced by the by the passing of the great Yamakan? Oh man, see, I don't, I don't want it because, like, last time, remember when everyone said like virgins, 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 and right, turned right. out the author just really, re- like, really, really sick. I don't really want to speculate on this again because, like, now that Yamakan, you know, has unfortunately moved on to a higher plane of existence, um, we really shouldn't tarnish his memory by speculating on whether or not his death has something to do with the Kanagi authors supposed infidelity uh, and looseness in morals. Um, Because we know that's true, but we don't know if Yamakon had something to do with it. Um, But either way, I think this is a fail. Japan, mind your own fucking business. Don't go out there and harass authors for doing, you know, what they perfectly have a right to do. Exactly. So go fuck yourselves, Otaku. Go fuck yourself. Fail for me as well. And uh, finally, to top it off, uh, we uh, a Madoka spinoff has been announced that takes place in the point of view of Kyubei. Um Why don't you explain this to us a little bit, Akira? Yeah, so the um, so here you see some promotional materials for it. Um, here it says, let's talk about contract law. Right. Um, as, as you know, Kyubei is very fond of making contracts. He is a big guy. You know, he's all about contracts. And um, one of the things that um, the girls really had a problem with um, this is kind of a sequel, so it happens after Monica. Um, they were very sort of miffed at how he failed to explain the terms of his contract, his agreement, like right, right. in legally clear terms. So um, Cuba decides to go back to law school, um, yeah. which he flunked out of before he arrived on Earth. Um, so he is going to sort of it's a Gakuin like love comedy, you know, that happens in law school, and right. uh, he's uh, trying to brush up his contract law so he doesn't run into this problem next time. Right, and absolutely, and I, I even watching Madoka itself, I was just thinking, he's like, man, these girls can just take Kubei to court because Kubei made a verbal contract for something that is worth more than fifteen thousand dollars, and 
um, he included loopholes and like just those concepts that you know your soul belongs to him without right. actually disclosing any of that. I mean, that's I mean, it was it concept. was dangerous. It was a really it was a reckless reckless legal behavior, you know. So exactly. I think that it's it's great that you know the creators thought you know hey this is something that we should address. Um, right. I'm glad they're filling in the plot holes. Right, and also also making contracts with minors. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess moving on now that we can, uh, on to our next topic, uh, we can finally have the debate of what slice of life actually is. Because everyone talks about this, Akira, and no yeah. one ever gives me a straight answer. No, no, no. You know, here's the thing is that I'm really tired mm-hmm. of, yeah, every couple months on Twitter, people have a slice of life debate about. And they're all like, wrong. Well, well, first of all, they're all wrong. But secondly, you know, as we said last time, the term is not slice of life, but yuduhua, as we all know. But more importantly, right, um, you know, it's really just so nebulous because, you know, there's so many people who are so focused on this idea of plot. And they're all like, oh, plot this, plot that. Kaon doesn't have a plot. But and then someone, like, inevitably says, like, oh, look, five girls eating cake is plot. Um, and it, it's just a mess. It's a huge mess. Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge and, mess. And slice of life kind of be- just starts becoming a buzzword of like, I don't oh, the plot doesn't, there's no plot, slice of life, you know? And it's just it's like, it's, it's so wrong. It's so not what slice of life is all about. Yeah. I, you know, slice of life is really just, you know what I think it is? I think slice of life is a, is a feeling. Yeah, yeah. It's a state of mind. It's, it's a way of being, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, a, a lifestyle choice, you know what I mean? It's a lifestyle choice, and I think it's also a term that, um, hmm, I think I think it mostly describes things that you don't like. Okay, okay. You know what I mean? Well, you know well, what I mean. Continue, continue. I want I want to hear this. Okay, well, I mean, if you think about it, like, people who talk about slice-of-life shows generally speak about it disparagingly. People who talk about the same shows but in a positive light tend to not talk about Slice of Life but rather emphasize how much plot these shows have. Okay. Well, Slice of Life is my favorite genre, so does that mean I just have bad taste? Uh, no, but you're not talking about... Slice of life. You don't call it slice of life, right? I actually do. No, you don't. Yes. Everyone else calls it slice of life, but you like the genre, but the term itself is dirty. We have to get rid of it. It's like the word slut. We have to get rid of the word slice of life. So, so what, what do you propose that we re- replace it with? Well, the Japanese have come up with a perfectly usable term, yurifua, right? Yurifua. It also improves your weeaboo levels by by dropping that Right, exactly. So why would you use a term like slice of life when you can say yurifua, especially when slice of life as a term is just so problematic? I I always, when I get into those arguments on Twitter, instead of calling it uh, stories without plot, I always call them in media race storytelling. Just because, oh. because, because when you speak Latin, other people just like, whoa, man, whoa, oh, you win. Right, right, right. But at the same time, you know, I just, I, I don't know. It, it just seems to me that it, it's a dirty word, and we need to get rid of it. I'm, I'm boycotting that term from now, and I think you should all boycott it with me. Everyone should boycott everything. Uh, speaking yeah, speaking of, of boycotts, boycotts, there you oh. go. Yeah. So this is actually something that we've talked about quite often. Should feminists boycott anime? Absolutely. 
Um, Interesting. I think that the more militant of a feminist you are, the more you're able to be um, be uh, offended by anime. And I think this, if, if, that, that if anime as an art form and as a medium truly offends you, you should never watch anime ever again. Yeah, I, I think that there's something very hypocritical about um, engaging in discourse while at the same time perpetuating these stereotypes which you claim to be actively and militantly resisting. Right. So, so get off Twitter, stop blogging, stop watching anime, just, just, just... It's all, but this, but this is not an ultimatum from us to you, right? right? Because if I if I shared your views, this is exactly what I would do. Absolutely. You know, to be honest, like I'm, I'm sick and tired of seeing little young girls, young girls being exploited, and um, you know, treated as objects, exactly. and I and I and I refuse to buy into a culture which condones this sort of behavior. If I shared those views, right. if I had those, views. right? You know, uh, for like, example, I am I'm very against uh, grown men in anime and any anime involving grown males, typically in the action genre. I am deeply offended by, and I never watch. Um, yeah, because because all it just it just essentializes these men and says to them, oh, like these are the things that you have to do as a grown man, and like I'm just not. I fuck that. Like, I mean, seriously, check your yeah. privilege. Like, just because I'm a dude, I don't have to pull out a gun and drive a giant robot. That's very offensive to me. I much prefer my little girl shows. Yeah, I mean, me too. And, like, honestly, the other thing is, it's just it's just so... I don't know. It, you know, guys, this is late-night television we're talking about. Exactly. This is late-night television. You know, this is not high art. There's no reason to treat it as such. And, like, you know, if, if you boycott it, I think, I think it'll be better for all of us. Right, right. And and let's be honest here, um, because of the airing time and because of anime in general, uh, 99% of the populace boycott anime just subconsciously. Um, but yep. Exactly, exactly. And I, I think that if anime truly upsets you, um, just yeah. I, I, I just don't think anime is for you. And the other thing is, if you refuse to consume these kinds of offensive and problematic media, you are the arbiters of change. You are Rosa Parks sitting in the white man's seat. Exactly, exactly. Uh, or or it, Rosa Parks not downloading things off Tokyo Toshokan. Or Rosa right. Parks closing her WordPress blog. Right, I absolutely agree. And I think that the issue is that, you know, right now we don't have a Rosa Parks figure. We don't have anyone who's saying, hey, guys, we really need to stop giving these companies money because we don't like what they're doing. No one is trying to say this right now. No one is saying this. And until we make, until we do something about it, you know, there's no way that we're ever, anything is ever going to change. We have to vote with our wallets, guys. This is the age of capitalism. I have a Yume. You do? I, I, I have all the Yumes. I have more Yume than you do. Anyways, <laughs> going on. So, uh, with only a minute left, let's just go through our final few topics. Uh, first of all, uh, um, we have a lot of... Um, Prohibited uh, substance use. Substances uh, being con- being uh, consumed at Saokura Khan, and um, this is a um, a eyewitnesses actually an eyewitnesses uh, sketch of what he saw at Saokura Khan. That, as you can that's see, that's incredible investigative so, journalism. Yeah, there's there's a lot of marijuana being passed around. Um, there's oh. you know they're they're just rolling in a they're just rolling they're rolling joints in a restaurant. Rolling joints, uh, listening to Level Upper. This is this is what happens when wa- the state of Washington legalizes marijuana. Seriously, sounds sounds just about right. Um, Anyways, next, Hard pre- Hatch, yeah, Precure wins. Hard Hatch Precure has won the uh, the order of order of culture from the Japanese government, which is one of the highest awards that can ever be given um, to a civilian. And just to make this clear, this is 
the show, not the people who make it, like the characters themselves, right. will be presented with it with their with their awards uh, in a ceremony in the Imperial Palace on November 3rd. Well, of course, absolutely. And plus, you know, just keep in mind that these girls go in and, and they save lives. Every week they go out there and save, they save, lives. save the they world save from lives. ramen monsters and, and flower monsters. This is, this is a truly So a this is day. good. This is good that they're getting it. And anyways. So Kugamiya Rie uh, is scheduled to undergo a controversial procedure to make her voice lower pitched. Um, she, you know, just so she can start, she can start voicing, um, Characters and, and and she's men. branching out a little because you know quote her she said why are you you know she said they they told her you're going under a lot of risk for doing by um, doing this because you'll be um you know there's a chance that you'll go mute that you'll never speak again and she said you know fuck that like I am done with being Tsundere I am tired of being successful she said um give me a challenge a great day so a great day in good anime history. A good day. Good yes. day. And uh, that's all the topics we have for you today. Um, I hope everyone had a great time and uh, everyone walks away from this podcast a little bit more informed than they were before. Yeah. Um, we're declaring a six-day uh, period of mourning for Yamakon, so you won't hear from us until next Monday at about 9 p.m. Oh, okay. Well, um, until then, have, yeah. have a nice week. Uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of yourselves. And make sure to help each other in, your t- in this time of need for all of us. Thank you. Goodbye, everyone. See you on the flip side.